Hello and welcome to Scram, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosam Derskin, and on this episode, I take a deep dive into a relatively new business, Larkfire, a canned Scottish water company that's billed as wild water for whiskey. I'm joined by James McIntosh and Alan Moffat from Larkfire and whiskey consultant Mitch Baychard to discuss how a dram in a London pub led to James travelling around Scotland to find the most neutral water available in order to can it for Larkfire. We also chat about the significance of the name and how James and Alan hope that by offering a completely neutral water with low minerals and no added chlorine or fluoride, more people will be drawn to whiskey. Whiskey's always going to be the star of the show. We that we will never be the most important part of that combination, nor do we want to be. But we want people to really enjoy whiskey and really uh, get into it if they haven't tried it before, to discover more flavour, to discover more experiences, even if they're real whiskey experts. Mitch gives his thoughts from a whiskey expert point of view. I think we're in very interesting times right now. When we talk about drinking whiskey, there are so many uh, things that are going on that, that people want to add, and whether that's a glass or a different type of water or a different type of mixer. This premiumization, if you like, of, of whiskey is, is really happening in a big way. And they tell me how the industry has reacted to their product. The whiskey industry is so friendly and people have been really welcoming. They also share their must drink desert island jams with a bit of competition between them all. Today I'm joined by James McIntosh and Alan Moffat from Larkfire and whiskey consultant Mitch Baychard. Hi everyone, how are you? Hi, hello, hello. Um, so just going to start from the beginning, um, James, with a question to you. Um, you're one of the co-founders of Larkfire. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, what is Larkfire? So Larkfire is a, um, it's a wild water, we call it a wild water. It comes from uh, the island Lewis. It's very soft water, very low in minerals. And um, it's for adding to, um, to to whiskey. If you if you like to take whis- uh, water with your whiskey, for adding to whiskey. Um, and what we hope it how it improves the um, the drink is by um, helping you to pull out some of the characteristics of the drink, um, and helping you sort of you know taste a bit more of the drink. And how did it all come about? So you've obviously decided that you want to have this product which is quite a neutral water how did you get from where you are like from the start of the company to where you are now did you taste a lot of different waters or did you know where it was you were going to be going to look for that specific water yeah well we 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 started on the premise of why you add water to whiskey um and um we sort of looked at the sort of scientific aspects of adding water to whiskey so um we looked at um, what happens when you add water to whiskey to the whiskey itself, and how it um, attaches itself to um, how how the flavour compounds attach themselves to the ethanol? So by adding water, you release the flavour into the nose um, and to the surface of the drink. So we looked, we started at that point, and then we looked from um, you know from 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 the other aspect at um, sort of the sort of flavour and what which water would you know, works best. So we, 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 we went around Scotland basically testing different waters. And what we found was we were looking for a particular um, type of water, which is very low in minerals. So what we found was that the water in um, over in um, Lewis is particularly soft. It's got very low, it's very low in minerals. 
And the reason for this is um, because of the rock, which is this Lewisham knife, um, which um, basically what happens is the water sits on top of it and it doesn't leach any of these minerals, um, which um, really doesn't take anything away from the whiskey. So anything you add to whiskey, because it's so chemically complex, um, alters the taste and nose of whiskey. So um, lard fire is very, very low in minerals. And what, what that means is that you get more of the whiskey coming through you. You don't, when it releases, helps release those flavor compounds, you're not getting anything added from the water or very little. So did you, you've said you, you tried different waters in Scotland. Did you know then that your starting point was going to be Scotland for the water? Yeah, it was, it was always going to be Scotland for the water. Um, and our starting point really was looking for waters that we knew were characteristically low in minerals. So Scotland has absolutely fantastic water. Um, and uh, what we were looking for is um, a particular profile of water that was very, very low and um, very low in minerals. And, you know, while Scotland's got some fantastically soft waters, um, we found that in Lewis, this was sort of uniquely more soft than anywhere else. And actually, when we were, you know, traveling up there, I think most of um, the locals will tell you the same. It's, it's the best water to drink anyway, generally, uh, without whiskey. But obviously, adding whiskey helps it a little bit more as well. Um, and Alan, what is, uh, what's your role um, in the company and what made you want to get involved? So my role's the, the really fun part where I get to travel around Scotland drinking whiskey and making sure that the, uh, the water reveals those hidden depths of flavour that we're trying to uh, promote. But, but actually, I got involved because, like Jim, I love Scotland. I've got Scottish heritage. I've been a big fan of uh, traveling up to the uh, the various highlands and, and islands in Scotland and the chance to work on a product that was also putting something back into the community was really attractive for me. And uh, Jim got in touch via a mutual friend and said, we need some help with uh, marketing the product, taking it into the whiskey industry and also uh, introducing it to consumers, uh, not just in Scotland and the rest of the UK, but eventually globally. And having tried the water with whiskey, uh, it just struck me that there's a pro no other product like it. And there's nobody that's really nailed down both the reason for adding water to whiskey, but also what sort of water we should be adding. And Jim's done the legwork. As he said, he's been all over Scotland tasting water and uh, found the right water, the right profile, that, that super neutral, naturally occurring wild water. We didn't want a manufactured water. We wanted something that was organic and, and true. And Larkfire is that. Having found it in Lewis, the exciting thing from a marketing point of view, and you know, I'm a marketeer, the the exciting thing is that for every introduction of lark fire into someone's hand into their whiskey we're actually helping a, a, an island community as well with a partnership with the stornaway trust and m much of what we're doing is actually linked back to the community in which we get the water and what is the partnership with the stornaway trust so because the Stornoway Trust, which is one of Scotland's uh, oldest community landlords, if not the oldest, uh, the land in which the water source is based and um, where we extract the water from is on 
Stornoway Trust owned property. So by creating a partnership with the community landlord, we've been able to put a percentage back from every sale of Larkfire into projects on the island, right across the island that help both in terms of regeneration and generating new jobs and supporting existing projects that are doing great works to keep that island community thriving, not just surviving on, on a pretty wild and remote part of the UK. Um, and it kind of, I say it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it, it people in Scotland love their tap water and go on about it and then, you know, slag people off in England because of it. But there are things added to it and that's the whole point in Larkfire, isn't it? There's nothing in it that you would get out of your tap because there's, you know, chloride and whatever within your tap water. Is that right? That's absolutely right, Rosalind. One of the things that uh, we've really honed in on from how we've positioned the product is to say this is wild water for whiskey and the profile lends itself to adding to that very complex nature of whiskey. Uh, but it's also part and parcel of the, the sort of truth of the product is whiskey's always going to be the star of the show. We, that we will never be the most important part of that combination, nor do we want to be. But we want people to really enjoy whiskey and really uh, get into it if they haven't tried it before, to discover more flavour, to discover more experiences, even if they're real whiskey experts. And the key to that is recognising the love and care and attention that goes into making whiskey and matching that with whatever you add into it when you've got it out of the bottle and into your glass. So at a very fundamental level, you've got whiskey that's been maturing in oak barrels with four simple ingredients made with real care and attention. Why on earth would you put water that's full of chlorine, fluoride, chemically rebalanced because it's going to taste different. It's not going to help the flavor. If anything, it's going to disrupt and change the flavor. And the beauty of Larkfire is it just reveals what's already in the glass. It allows you to experience the full depth of flavor without interrupting or changing what the, what the guys at the distillery were trying to achieve in the first place. Um, and were you and James, um, are you both whiskey drinkers and were you adding water to your whiskey? Is that kind of part of the journey of the company? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think, I think it's fair to say we're, we're slightly more enthusiastic about whiskey than we were before. We've had the opportunity to visit some of the fantastic distilleries um, all, over, all over Scotland and, and the islands. And in fact, uh, our first uh, our first trip was something of a, a revelation because we went to Isla um, to visit the, the the distilleries that were open at the time, and uh, we we didn't really know much about the the sort of uh, technical side of making whiskey, and as you probably know, Isla is a bit like whiskey Disneyland in terms of. It's pretty pretty easy to get involved in whiskey when when you're when you're on Isla, and we just had a great time. We met some amazing people, and we've we've gone to a whole host of distilleries since. And for two, all right, English guys with Scottish heritage, uh, going around Scotland trying to sell water to Scots to put in their whiskey, there may have been some doubters in the early stages that <laughs> we may have run up against some. Uh, some barriers and criticism, but actually the whiskey industry is so friendly 
and people have been really welcoming. I think partly because the product's so so pure and so right for the for the whiskey, but it's also because we we've just gone with an attitude of let's go and learn, let's go and find out how it fits into what they're doing with their brands and their product. And you know where there's a complementary partnership, we've been very keen to support it. And as a result, lots and lots of whiskey brands have been really, really uh, engaged with us and supportive of what we're doing, which has been fantastic. Yeah. I think that was, and, and I, I would add, it was one of the starting points for Lartfire was actually drinking a whiskey in London where um, where the tap water is, um, I'd say, almost uniquely bad. Uh, and heaven knows what's in some of that Thames water, but but um, I think that was one of the points. Was the the alternatives were was the tap water, and the other alternatives are really sort of highly mineralized uh, mineral water. So you know both aren't ideal for adding to to, to whiskey. So um, I think that's one of the sort of um, you know, the aims of 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 Lartfire is to enable to get that full enjoyment wherever you are. Um, I mean, that's a really, you know, it's really important that you, you get, you know, you get the full, uh, you know, benefit of what you're drinking. And Mitch, just bring you in. Um, what is, what are your thoughts from like a whiskey background? Um, I personally think that this is a great time for this type of company because people are experimenting more with whiskey. It's becoming more popular and the kind of image has changed over the last few years. But um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the way I came into Larkfire was, was quite, Unusual, I suppose, because um, I, w- I was out and about and um, I was in a restaurant, actually, that had a little shop and I found some lark fire and my wife brought it back to me and she was like, oh, I bought you some of this. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Never seen this before. And being the Scotsman that I am, uh, you know, I was a little bit cynical uh, about it. And, you know, I was like, Ugh. so I, anyway, I posted it on, on, on Instagram and I think it was James that hit me back up and he's like, look, go and try this experiment when you get back home. He's like, take some tap water, same amount, same whiskey, add some lark fire, add some tap water. And, you know, being someone who's been in the industry for almost 20 years now, working with the likes of Diageo, with William Grant and Sons, uh, I obviously have a bit of whiskey knowledge. I've done a few distilleries. I've done a few tastings in my time, but I'd never actually played around with this whole idea of, of, of different types of water and seeing what it did to a finished whiskey. Uh, and for me, the results were were mind blowing. You know, it, what it does, what Larkfire does that, that tap water doesn't do is it really brings out more of the maturation characteristics. Um, if you take a, a peated Scotch whiskey, for me, it dulls down those medicinal notes and brings up the more bonfire smoky aspect of it. And the biggest thing is it gives it more viscosity in the mouth. So for, I think the whiskey drinker out there is looking for something that's going to really enhance their experience. You know, we're, we're past the stage now where people just buy cheap bottles of blended whiskey uh, and down it in a couple of, couple of gulps. You know, it's, it's now people want to sit with a really nice single malt scotch whiskey, enjoy it, savor it. Uh, and it's, it's going back to my bartending background, which I did before I, I got into whiskey, you can apply the same things with cocktails. You know, if you look at a cocktail, the ingredients that you use for it is going to really benefit that cocktail at the end. And, and Larkfire has that same principle about it. You add tap water to your whiskey, it's it's going to bring out different notes compared to to the Larkfire and, and compared to the softness of Larkfire. Um, and I, I think we're in very interesting times right now. When we talk about drinking whiskey, there are so many uh, things that are going on that, that people want to add. And whether that's a glass or a different type of water or a different type of mixer. 
Um, everything's premiumized. Pre this premiumization, if you like, of, of whiskey is, is really happening in a big way. Uh, and I think Lark Fire really plays into that as well. And how do you think it could appeal to people who, who aren't really that knowledgeable about whiskey? Is it the type of thing whereby if you've got it with your whiskey, it makes it a bit more accessible, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a big thing right now about, you know, drinking whiskey, how, how you enjoy drinking it. Um, I, I love the fact that when we talk, when we look back on on whiskey history and heritage, right? In Scotland, it was it was kind of like, oh, you can only drink your Scotch whiskey neat. Never add anything to it. That that attitude to to whiskey has now really changed, and I think there was a big step step change with regards to that. At the round about the the, the sort of two thousands. Monkey Shoulder was instrumental in that. We had Monkey Shoulder coming out and, and then bartenders started playing with whiskey. They started looking at it in a different way. And suddenly it was kind of cool to chuck a load of mixers in with whiskey, uh, where it was, that, that was almost seen as forbidden beforehand. Um, so, you know, I, and what I love about, about doing work with the Larkfire guys is they're very easy about how to drink whiskey. They're not particular about, you know, you have to add two or three drops in there to get the best out of it. Um, and, and I think that's the way we should be with drinking Scotch whiskey. There shouldn't be all these rules and regulations. The more of that that we put in place, the more we're going to turn people off uh, when it comes to actually going out and trying the stuff. And James, um, why why the name Larkfire? Does that have any kind of significance? Yeah, it does actually. Um, so it's derived from two words, which is the lark and the fire. And the lark signifies a spiritual awakening. So the birds have sort of often been seen through sort of history as um, as being spiritual beings or seeing a lark as spiritual, uh, quite associated with the start of the day. So we like that sort of idea of of, of an awakening. And and the and the fire, um, it means in this context, it means community. So we're about um, you know a spiritual awakening and be, being bringing people together to tell stories uh, or to have fun and have a drink. Um, and it's that sense of community of people being together um, and togetherness, really, that that that's sort of the makeup of the word. So I think I think, you know, you know, I've seen the two together, that sort of awakening, you know, and and being being together with people. Um, I think it's sort of quite apt. There's a lot like whiskey as well. Sure. And it's going <laughs> yes yeah i was just going to add that you know coming back to mitch's point about or in the point you raised about accessibility i think we've very much approached Larkfire as a a really good way of people getting into whiskey without you know this sort of too analytical approach on flavor and taste let's just find the whiskey you like you you'll you'll experience more flavors by adding a splash of Larkfire. we tend not to be too fussy about drops of it although that if that's your thing that's fine we just want more people to enjoy whiskey which is um which is also probably why some of the brands that we're working with are, are so accommodating and so so uh, welcoming of what we're doing because we're ultimately we're going to help them sell more whiskey uh, but we're also helping them reach different audiences we've done loads of virtual tastings over the over the recent times and and uh some of the tastings that we have been really good fun and very relaxed and others have been a little bit more in depth and analytical, but the people we've been able to invite on um, that we probably wouldn't have engaged with in, in a, in a sort of normal period have been fantastic. We've had master blenders from some of the fan, most fantastic uh, distilleries, real whiskey legends right across the board that have, have joined us and uh, it's been a lot of fun, but now we want to get back out on the road and uh, and see some more people face to face. 
Which brings me to my next question. What is uh, what's next in store now that we're opening back up and the restrictions are kind of lessened pretty much everywhere? So so the big things for us are, are creating new partnerships where people use Larkfire and experience whiskey with Larkfire. We've got a number of uh, quite exciting new initiatives launching over the next few few weeks and months ahead. So watch this space. Can't tell you about everything, but what we can say is we've got a we've got a new product on the on the way, which will add it add to our overall portfolio, but uh, but also open another part of the market for us. Uh, still in whiskey, still focused very much on on our core core position of uh, being a great water for whiskey, and we've also looked at uh, creating some. Uh, on trade incentives and promotions to get more bars using the uh, using the product. So there's lots of exciting things, but we're also going to try and tick off the rest of the distilleries that we didn't manage to get to uh, before the lockdown. So that's that's also a big part of what we're doing. We've got a trip up the west coast of Scotland to visit a number of distilleries uh, there. We're going to go back to Speyside. We will be uh, involved in the Spirit of Speyside Festival and. Uh, we're just trying to join join in with the party, really, of everything that's uh, opening up and and kicking off now. Is is hopefully there's a role for Larkfire in large parts of that. You've mentioned you both have Scottish heritage, so were you? And that's kind of what inspired you as well as being whiskey drinkers. Was there one particular whiskey that kind of brought you into whiskey? Do you remember the whiskey you had and you thought, oh wow, this is something that I really want to kind of explore more of? Well, I would definitely say that um, my father had a bottle of Laphroaig, which is obvious, uh, obviously in his little cupboard uh, that he used to sip at. I remember it very well. And and the, the unique thing, obviously, about Laphroaig is that you, you just don't ever forget that, um, that, that uh, nose, do you? You never forget that smell. I remember as a boy going over and trying it and, you know, um, well, I don't think I enjoyed it that much. I, I much prefer it now. Let's let's just say that. <laughs> but but I remember it just being very unique, and um, and I think that that's the sort of nature of um, you know all all these fabulous Scottish whiskies and distilleries have different stories to tell, and and I love that. I love the sort of personally for me, I love the spirit of the islands and this this idea that these distilleries have got such history, and or, or a lot of them have. Uh, such history and and the stories that have come from them, I just think it's magical. It adds to the sort of magic of the islands. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, um, having had the occasional whiskey, quite enjoyed it. Um, lots of different ones. I've got a couple of friends who are really quite enthusiastic about whiskey, particularly one actually is very enthusiastic about um, Dalmore and has always. And, and as a marketeer, you look at the Dalmore bottle, you think that's amazing. You know, that is an iconic design and that's sort of quite attractive. But actually, when we started to get involved with Larkfire, the the, the, the first distillery we went to together was Lagavulin. And uh, we both really enjoyed it, Jim and I. We both then made the schoolboy error of not buying the distillery edition that you now can't get for love and money anywhere um, because we thought, well, we can't buy whiskey at the very first distillery we've been to together um, because there's all these other places to visit. But it was a massive mistake. We should have bought it. But more recently, I think what I'm really enjoying, and, and it works particularly well with Lark Fire, is Balvenie. And the story 
the recent story editions of Balvenie have been, I think, amazing and, and actually the ones that I've enjoyed most recently and it continues to fuel my enthusiasm for the for the product. But uh, I think the way that they've presented those stories and the quality of the product inside is just great and and long may it continue. I think there's lots of innovation happening in the whiskey industry. Perhaps for the first time in a long time, we can say new distilleries are doing things differently, not trying to just follow or match. And there's there's some really exciting times ahead, I think. Um, and so there is, you're not the only water for a whiskey company. There's another one and there's also a birch water it can be used with whiskey. So what would you guys see makes different to other people out there? Yeah, it's, it's a question we, we have been asked over, over the course of the last sort of 18 months, two years. Um, I, I suppose dealing with the, the regional water that uh, was perhaps first into the market, this idea that certain geographical location lent itself to certain types of water, um, we, We've, we've, we've taken a very different approach. We've just simply gone for the best water for whiskey. We've not tried to match the ingredient or production water for a couple of reasons, really. The, the, the truth of production water for whiskey is you just need a lot of it. And the water right across Scotland, although generally very good in quality, can be hard, can be soft, can be high in mineral, can be low in mineral, uh, you know, even within one area, you can have a hard water fed distillery next door to a soft water fed distillery. That's that's the truth of it. And whilst we we all love the kind of romantic stories about water from the 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 burn coming down into the distillery, and that and that's great, and it and and absolutely we wouldn't want to decry that. But the reality of it is, when it gets in the bottle, the water you add has no resemblance to the water that was used to produce the whiskey. And the, the transfer of flavor is incredibly limited. So we've, we've, we've not tried to tell that story. We've gone for quality. We've just gone for the best naturally occurring water for whiskey. And we're not really telling people to, to add it drop by drop. If that's what you want to do, great. But we're very much advocates of uh, drinking whiskey however you want to drink it. Uh, if you're going to add water, we'd suggest you use Larkfire because why wouldn't we? But uh, I think it's not about drops or you know never putting anything with it or only mixing it to certain dilutions or whatever. Just go and enjoy your whiskey. And if you want a great water to add it, Larkfire is the one. Then if you think about the, the soon to sort of be relaunched, I think is a, is a, a birch water for... That, that's now having been origin, originally aligned to lots of different spirits is now targeting malt whiskey for obvious reasons. It's a growth area in the premium market. Um, birch water has a really, really strong flavor and it will change the experience of whiskey that you put in your mouth. That's not for us. That's not, we're not saying that's not a good thing to do. We're just saying that's not what we're about. So in terms of the difference between the two approaches, we're never going to sell you a drop of Larkfire and we're never going to flavor our water to the extent that it changes the flavor of the whiskey. We keep coming back to that whiskey being the star of the show and our water helps reveal that, that flavor and reveal that star of the show. 
And James, um, when you found the water source, um, was it a fairly straightforward process to kind of, from finding it to canning it, or is, was there any sort of sort of interesting or funny stories along the way? That <laughs> yeah. <tell> us about? <laughs> well, yeah, no, it wasn't. It was quite challenging. Um, it didn't help actually, because obviously we need to look at sort of the micro of, of all the water we tested with checking, you know, what was actually in it. And um, yeah, it, it was particularly difficult to do in Lewis where it was horizontal, there was horizontal wind and it was, the, the rain was horizontal as well. And there were bits of paper flying everywhere and trying to get these little samples into um, into these little boxes. I think there were 16 different bo- bottles to get to get the water into. And then the next day, you wouldn't believe it. I, I left the lock and they came back the next day and it was gone. I, you know, I couldn't find the lock. Somebody had moved it. I just couldn't find it anywhere. So I spent literally half an hour looking for this lock and it's, it's a, quite a strange shape um, lock. And uh, ultimately I did find it, but I effectively walked around half of it without seeing it. So I did feel a little bit stupid. And then to get the water from the lock, um, we laid um, a, a two kilometer um, pipe uh, to the nearest uh, point, which was also uh, far more challenging than we'd anticipated. Um, but because this water was so good and the profile was just right, we wanted to make sure that um, you know we, we, that that was that was the place for our water. So so we made that happen. Um, but yeah, I, I think all these things always end up a little bit more challenging than you'd hope for. Um, but I would absolutely say you know, definitely worthwhile. And I think we've got a great product. The water's fantastic. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it might be, um, you know, a little a little harder to get to, but it's definitely wor- worth the walk, I guess, in that situation. Yep. But I wish I hadn't been walking around for like literally half an hour and getting soaked, but um, <laughs> it was there. It hadn't been moved. See, Rosalind, um, I'm, I'm happy now because I've been hanging out with James and Alan for, quite a while almost half a year now and when i first met them they kept saying lock all the time and i was like no no guys if you're talking about something in scotland it's a lock and james just said it right there all the way through that good on you james well done it's only taken six months cheers mate <laughs> you're, well, you're a good. very good coach <laughs> I, I thought that myself it's like oh lock. <laughs> um anyway so the the one of the final parts of the podcast is um desert island jams so if you could only take three jams onto a desert island what would it be and why um mitch i'm going to start with you since you were last year three come on this this question's normally one not three that's tough um all right so i i I do like this question And, and i whenever i answer this it always seems to change um for me highland park 12 year old just for a go to just an everyday sort of drinker um, and then, you know, I've been lucky enough in my career to drink some incredible Glenfiddich, being with them for 10 years. And I don't always say older is always better. My analogy is, you know, Scotch whiskey doesn't always mature that well. It can sometimes be like human beings. Not all human beings mature well. Sometimes whiskey can do that. But um, the current Glenfiddich 50-year-old that's I think is just finished now, um, I was lucky enough to crack several bottles of that. And that was just absolutely stunning. Um, none of them were, were my bottles because I, I didn't get paid that much money. Uh, but just for for being half a century old, it was it just still held on to the distillery characteristics. It wasn't overcooked. It wasn't really mature. Like I've had really old whiskeys before that's kind of like chewing on a pencil. 
Um, they've just been way, way too old. So, yeah, Glenfiddich, 50-year-old for me, goes in there. That would have to be quite a serious boat, though, to hold that, make sure it doesn't sink. Um, and then ah, a third one, a third one, that's tough. I don't know. Um, maybe a Klein Leash, Klein Leash Distillers Edition or Distillery Edition, I think it's called. Um, fantastic brand. Just get that really nice waxy characteristic from it that you don't really get from other any other Scotch whiskey out there. Oh, and can I get actually a fourth one? Uh, Compass Box Hedonism. Sorry, I'm going to put a blend in there because there are some great blends out there. Uh, Compass Box Hed Hedonism, blended grain. So there you go. That's my four. I get a bigger bowl than the other two. So, so Moff's going to go in for five. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a whole cask of something. <laughs> <laughs> That's typical, Mitch. Yeah, it's always greedy. A bit greedy with whiskey, I've found. Hey, I'm going to a desert island. I need I need a lot of whiskeys. So what can I say? Absolutely. Well, for me, it's um, it's I, we don't have as much experience as Mitch, and obviously uh, he's tasted loads of really really expensive whiskey without us by the sounds of it um so i, I i'm gonna go for uh lagavulin 16 which i've i've always loved and and would never tire of um the balveni that i mentioned earlier the edge of burnhead wood is just amazing amazing whiskey and something you'd enjoy on that desert island and then just because Callum at the distillery is such good fun and is one of the most engaging people we've met on our travels, the Glen Farkless 21 is just superb. And that, those are my three. I'm only going to go for three because I'm following the rules like we, all, like we all should be doing at the moment. I'm going to go five. No, I'm not, I'm not really. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. For me, I think there's a bit of crossover there, but... Um, I, I quite like the um, the sort of the Ardbeg Corvrecken, and the um, but I, I'm going to I'm going to put slash you know, the Le, uh, ten ten I quite enjoy as well, um, and I went we went when we went to Isle I went to uh, Benahaven and I picked up one of the, the distillery exclusives there it was in a cask was Catherag. Number nine. Anyway, I absolutely love that. It's really malty, really, really delicious. Then, um, so Glen Farkless 15 is a favourite. Uh, I knew Mitch would say, uh, I knew Moff would bring that up. But yeah, um, I had to, I have to sort of uh, agree with his comments about Glen Farkless and Calm. Great fun. And then um, the final one uh, I would go for is the Glen Moranji Signet, um, which is my wife's favourite. And it's just that sort of uh, espresso. It's just really interesting. Um, really enjoyable, particularly after you know after a meal. Really love that. So I take it your wife's there, Jim, because no, she's not. I'm just trying to get a plug. <laughs> plug. I'm you've, not obviously, that. you've obviously just uh, decided to take her on the desert island as well. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Oh no, no, she got eaten by the sharks. Unfortunately, she didn't make it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Of course, she made it. Um, right. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, but I'd still, I'll stick with the, the signet in memory. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. Um, well, is that is that's great. Is there anything that anyone would like to add um, about Larkfire or anything whiskey? Well, I think I think we've covered quite a lot of ground there, Rosalind. To be honest, but uh, what we, what we would say is, uh, if anybody wants to uh, to to get into whiskey for the first time, then I I think that. Um, 
trying it trying it with a with a splash of water really does make a difference and and that's the message we're trying to get across with everything that we do is just just try it just go out there and get involved in whiskey it's a fantastic industry it's a fantastic uh product and um we're we're really enjoying ourselves as you've probably gathered <laughs> yeah I, yeah i completely agree and it, it's it's about enjoying it and however you choose to drink your whiskey you know just as long as you're enjoying it it's, it's fine by me yeah so we you know we we, we love uh, a follow on social media larkfire uk on instagram facebook twitter that's great and um larkfire.com if you want to buy some larkfire and try it with your whiskey uh, we've also got some some exciting things uh, that we update our newsletter subscribers with every month so really encourage people to just you know sign up for the newsletter we guarantee there'll be something interesting and we don't we don't send you uh, endless amounts of promotions and offers, but uh, when we do send you something, we hope uh, you'll find it interesting. And it's also an opportunity to get invited to some of our really, uh, really good, fun, relaxed tastings as well. So if you're subscribing to the newsletter, you've got as good a chance as anybody have been invited to taste some fantastic whiskey with some great whiskey ambassadors. So. Yeah, that's good. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think I would just say as well, like going back to your point of um, getting people into whiskey, any one of my friends who doesn't like whiskey, it's because it's too strong and they don't, you know, it's that sort of burning taste. So yeah, the whole thing of being able to kind of dilute it a little bit and try and take it from that point and see whether or not you can get into it from there is a good, it's a good point to make. Well, they should get to larkfire.com and <laughs> immediately. Okay, I'll tell them. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for your time, and it was really nice to to see you all and catch up again. Thanks, Rosalind. Great Thanks, to see you. Thanks, Rosalind. Thank you. Lovely to see you again, Rosalind. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Thanks to James, Alan, and Mitch, and thanks to you too for listening to Scran. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Scran is co-produced and hosted by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited, and mixed by Kelly Crichton. <laughs>